Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. I think it's a stupid record. I mean, who gives a about preseason games? I mean, if we beat it, great. Well, I'm, we're going to beat it, so there we go. Third and goal, end zone, touchdown, and the second of the night for Volkowak. Kick is good! And with nine seconds left, the Commanders are on top by one. Tell me that was meaningless out there, what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that. Well, it doesn't count, so uh, it means something for some people that might have won jobs. Anyway, uh, the guy that did the, something if you had commandos on the money line, baby. By the way, that was the dude, I think his name's Cosme, who grittied in the end zone after yes. one of the uh, commanders' while touchdowns. They were, while they were brawling yeah, or, yeah. or at least scrapping. Yeah, he's an offensive lineman for the commanders. He's gritty, and I uh, didn't think it meant anything. And you heard the highlights, and, of course, uh, Sly's field goal at the end. He That wins it for the commanders. Joey Sly, 49-yarder. The commanders win 29-28. The win streak is over at 24. There will not be a 25. And I think now we can concentrate on games that actually matter. Well, uh, again, I, no I, offense to John. I hope everyone is in he an okay. Respect you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I hope everybody's in an okay mindset. I tried to prepare this you, you area did. right so that we could get ahead of this, so that we could start the grieving process over the weekend before this game was played. So that you come in today and you're feeling fresh, you're feeling renewed. It's already behind you. It, it should be celebrated. It should be commemorated. It should never bone be forgotten. But it wasn't getting to 25. They were running into a bigger preseason uh, uh, chainsaw uh, than what the Ravens had become. Let's go further back. Oh, Bones back. Bones back. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Let's go further back than Friday. Bones Simulator nailed it. It called Washington winning by a point. It had 17 16. Also had his A Flowers touchdown. So take that. But no, last last night's game, guys, it was such it a was weird. Fun. It was as entertaining feeling. as a preseason football game can be. I like, and and it was. I so, liked it. <laughs> it was so interesting at the end, where the crowds really get into it, and then you hear Buck and Aikman. Like it, it was such a weird vibe. I felt like Aikman never, was being a little facetious. Yeah, but maybe that's just for me. Sure, for sure. 
but it had everything. It had awkward billionaire handshakes. Oh, it had yeah. scoring well, changes. Remember, Buck, like, this is now we're getting a little bit off target here, but Van Pelt is now the full-time Monday yes. night guy. And last year, it got a little awkward between Van Pelt and that booth a few times. So I felt like Buck was was really pushing the game to try to like lead it in, like to try to keep everybody glued to their eyeballs to try to give a good lead-in to Van Pelt because I think those two are mending a little bit of fences or whatever. But look, it was a fun three hours of football. It, it None of those games that they won mattered. They don't, period. It didn't. We had fun with it. It's neat that they did it. Like, I don't know about you guys. They showed the highlight from the last loss. And there was, like, some PR guy around Harbs with a Ravens shirt on. And I'm like, I don't even remember that dude. Like, not only oh, do I not remember. Like, wow. I don't. Not only do I not remember the people who threw that pass and tried to catch that ball. I don't even remember the guy next to Harbs on the field. That's how long ago it was. It's been a minute. 2015 is a long time ago. What was that freshman year, Lamar Jackson at Louisville? Yeah. I was in college. I just moved in the fairways right by Calvert Hall. He wasn't even doing beer Olympics then. Well, it still was. But. Yeah. But there was, you know. There was a, there lot. Was a little something, something yeah, yeah, there. To get into the game, like, obviously, Zay Flowers, you can see what everybody likes about yep. Zay Flowers. And Zay Flowers. One is of the, the six most popular athletes yes, in Baltimore. And he's most popular in Towson, obviously. But it's already happened. He's a problem. He's going to be a problem for teams, for, for defenses. He's just nearly impossible to cover. Uh, it was nice to see uh, Charlie Kohler actually do something in either yes. a practice or a football game. Kohler and Ricard, we talked yeah. about on the yes. show yesterday. When yes. we see something from them, we know what Ricard can do, but back to being a fullback. And yet, Charlie Kohler was somebody who needed to show a little something. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a lot of interesting roster decisions to be made. And Keaton Mitchell, when the Ravens brought him in as an undrafted rookie free agent, there was some buzz around him. And then two preseason games in, had that 31-yard run. Then you got Travis Volkolek, the undrafted tight end. I yeah. mean, he flashed... Can Pretty they get him? On, every, can they get him on the practice squad? I, I, that's right. the question. And then there's the sixth wide receiver situation. Oh, that's been settled. If, if they opt to go that way with the Tylen Wallace, who of course plays a lot of special teams there. Uh, James Prochet worked his way off the roster, and Tylen Wallace he, worked his Prochet's way. Prochet's managed to work his way off the roster in both games. Yeah, he's got the fumble, and then okay, if you don't come down with that ball, you better damn sure make sure yeah. the defensive back doesn't come down how, with that ball. How does he not only not catch it? But then make it so the guy catches it. And, and returns goes, it 60 yards. Yeah, that, that, to me, it was like the impossible dream there. Like, that ball should have been a touch. Now, granted, Josh Johnson couldn't step into the throw because of the pass rush. But, he, he, like, how do you? How does that happen? Worst case scenario is that ball is incomplete yes. on the sidelines. Yes. Instead, it's, like, if they had told Prochet, take an Uber home, I wouldn't have been mad at him. Yeah, I, I think if they keep six, it's Tylen Wallace. Yes. He scored touchdowns in back-to-back games. And he plays teams. And he plays and, teams. And Prochet yeah. lost his return yeah. job a while back. Yes, he's he's done. He's done. Now he might play the he might play all 60 minutes Saturday. Now, has Josh Johnson made this thing a little bit uh, more of a thing? I think he has. He was better. Uh, he much was, better. I thought he was really much good. Much better. He was. He was definitely very good. I um, found it very telling during the broadcast. Did you catch where you know, and these 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 coaches do kind of let things I think they say things in production meetings that sometimes it's for effect, but other times I think they're being honest. 
Apparently, Todd Munkin was glowing about Josh Johnson in these production I, meetings I mean, and talking about, hey, this guy's got a chance to be our number two. I don't think he would tell that to this national crew that's parachuting yeah. in for one preseason game if there wasn't something to it. I've been telling you guys for weeks, and it's just my read. I have n- I don't think Todd Munkin's thrilled with Tyler Huntley. Like, like it seems just my read on it is he's not a big Tyler Huntley fan. So he'd love for a reason for them to go in a different direction. Well, I, I thought Josh Johnson. The ball came out much quicker. He was much more decisive. I, I, I was impressed. It looked a whole hell of a lot better than it did against the Eagles. And then there's a situation. Are they just going to keep three quarterbacks considering the new rule? I mean, I think that's very much in play as well. well. You'd like to have one on the practice squad, and then for certain weeks, you'd, you he has to be part of the 53 <laughs> to be able to use him. So, like, I don't think they're keeping three quarterbacks on the active roster every week. But if you have Josh – Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, since COVID, you can have vets on the practice squad. Yes. So, Josh Johnson could be on the practice squad, and then a certain week, he's got to be on the 53. Doesn't have to Doesn't have to be on the 48, but as long as he's on the 53, is the emergency quarterback that they explained it last night yeah. it's convoluted but that's what it has to be yeah i i look if you were inclined to think that the there was that the door or the whatever the the chasm between huntley and johnson was made greater last week and i would be inclined to to agree i think johnson Made that a, like made that a thing again. Now, how much Huntley can do or will do or they want him to do this week remains to be seen. But I, I thought if you're talking about people who in, improve their stock, yeah, it's Josh, Josh Johnson, Johnson for me is way up there. I can see that. I, I can definitely see that. We have a huge Tuesday show. As I mentioned before, T-Bone is back. Guess-wise, we're busy. Jim Hunter, our weekly chat with him, talking Orioles at 2.30. Orioles t- start a three-game set with the Blue Jays tonight. So Caleb Joseph, former Oriole, now part of the Blue Jays broadcast, is on with us at 3. Our weekly chat with Rita Hubbard at 3.30. Tyler Kapner, he did the piece in the New York Times uh, about John Angelos. We'll talk to him at 4. And Cynthia Freeland, perfect Time to talk to her as we're getting closer to the start of the season. NFL Network, Cynthia Freeland at 430. Yeah, I mean, we will dissect this game. Who, again, who we think helped themselves, who hurt themselves. What, if anything, does it all mean? And the Orioles now off a long road trip have really their their last prolonged homestand of the year kicking off. And it starts with the Blue Jays. And if they can take care of business there, you know, you've got the Rockies and the White Sox after that, two teams that are really scuffling right now. Grayson Rodriguez on the mound. A lot I'll to be, be there. fired up for there. I'm looking forward to it. Coming up next, as we mentioned, Ravens lose. Joey Sly's field goal at the gun beats them. The streak is over. Raven killer, that Joey yeah, Sly. Yes, he is. He's noted Raven killer, Joey Sly. Well, we'll hear some postgame sound from the locker room next here on The Fan. Inside. Inside. With Jason Lock and Fora and Ken Wyman. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access 1057 The Fan. It was great to see. I mean, just to see that and he, the way he played and, uh, you know, the offense and the. Uh, you know, just creating plays like that, you know, great. And we did in the run game as well. John Harbaugh talking about Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, two catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. He played one drive. That was enough. A lot of yak yards. And Harbs is pretty impressed with what he saw from Zay Flowers. And if you heard uh, 
Uh, Lamar, during the game, he talked a little bit about Zay Flowers. And basically, it's the stuff we've been seeing every day at practice. He's he's shifted. What did Lamar call him? A joystick a few weeks ago? Yeah. He's tough to cover. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, any sort of open field around him and, and you're in trouble. His nose for the end zone. Um, I get it. It's not against the other team starters, but in that moment, you're not aware of that. You're, you know, and 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 I think obviously he has supreme athleticism that's going to play, no matter who's defending him. Um, was an interesting matchup at times with the kid Forbes. We saw it a little bit um, in the practices. Yeah. Showed up a little bit in the game. How about Forbes tackling Melvin Gordon? Man, a nice tackle. Yeah. Uh, but no, Zay Flowers, man, there, there, he has a lot of stuff you can't teach. And watching him finish that play, it, I, I, I couldn't help think like that is the antithesis of Hollywood Brown. Yes, it, that's exactly it. And I was saying that to to my friend watching the game yesterday, where he hopefully will bring a missing element from this offense for years and years, and that's Yak. And Jonah Schaefer covers the Ravens for the Baltimore Banner, tweeted this out. Joining us tomorrow. Yeah, joining us tomorrow. Zay Flowers had 21 yards after the catch on his touchdown. That's next-gen stats. Ravens had just four plays with 21-plus yards after the catch all last season. All last yeah, season. That is a joke. And And, and guys, they, they had no one... That gave them yak last year. The one guy that did was Bateman yeah, at the beginning hurt. of the season, yeah. and then he got hurt. And Mark Andrews is someone who you can get some out of, but that is what I'm hoping for out of Zay Flowers is bringing that dynamic to this offense. More from last night. John Harbaugh, of course, the Commanders won on the last second field goal, and Harbaugh was asked about the Commanders' celebration after the win. Yeah, I don't even want to get into all that. I mean, you hear people say what they say, guys say what they say. You know, obviously it was meaningful to them. I saw them celebrating over there, and and, and they put more power to them. Congratulations, they want a they want a hard fought football game, you know, and they deserved it in the end to uh, to celebrate. So they should celebrate. There's a lot unsaid there that seemed to be rankling Harbs a little bit. Well, you had him and Rivera both kind of taking timeouts late, right? Yeah. And they're the whole icing of the kicker thing, and. You know, Harb seemed to have some issues with the officials, with something going on with the clock in the final minute. I mean, yeah, dudes were dudes were locked in. Dudes were engaged. Dude, how about Mike McDonald sending the house repeatedly yes. on that last drive? Repeatedly. Yeah, they were and really trying that. to win that game. No, they weren't <laughs> even close to getting uh, to the quarterback last night. Speaking of quarterbacks, Josh Johnson, as Jason mentioned, he played well last night. Uh, he was asked about his wide receiver, Zay Flowers. I mean, Zay is different, man. So just to see him, you know, do what y'all see every day, you know, we're able to get the ball in his hands early. Uh, he's going to be a very exciting player. Can uh, I heard Bob Haney ask this question earlier as I was driving in. Is it is it fair to think that Zay Flowers could at least duplicate what Hollywood Brown did his rookie year, which was like 500-plus yards, seven touchdowns, 40-some catches? Didn't Hollywood Brown do most of that? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. First two weeks? Well, he did a lot of it in the first two weeks. I think he's, I don't think that's the comp. Now, I don't know what the comp is. It's probably too soon to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see him latch on to some deep balls, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about underneath stuff, about stuff in the slot, about yak. You know, we'll see what it's like high point in a deep ball. We'll see how much he's able to connect downfield with Lamar. I don't know what the comp is, but I think at this point we've seen enough to say that Hollywood's a lazy comp. You know what I mean? That's a comp based on well, it's a, th- like, their that's size. a knee-jerk yeah. comp. Like they're both smaller guys who got drafted by the same team yeah. within a couple years of each other. Around the but same they time, don't yeah. play the same. Yeah. No, they do not. Yeah, Hollywood, 46 catches, 584 yards, seven touchdowns. And like you said, Jason, the first two three weeks. touchdowns first two weeks. First two weeks, 12 catches, 233 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, he didn't have touchdowns. Like half his season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he had that much. massive game against the Dolphins week one. Yeah, it, you're looking for him to, again, provide the yak, but... It, <laughs> We're questioning. He, Hollywood Brown every year would have six or seven week stretches where he would, oh, yeah. like he would say he's on a milk carton. Like that happened parts of yes. every season yes. he was here. Yeah. I don't think Zay Flowers is that dude. No, I do not either. Now, no one's going to dominate every week, but no. like, and they got I a don't lot think of mouth. You're going to be looking half a season saying, well, is the second half going to be where he shows up because he didn't show up in the first half? That was Hollywood. Yeah. I picked the half. And the first half or second half. And there's another part to this there's more mouths to feed here now, too. And that's what I was going to say, too, where I'm just curious how the distribution is going to be for all of these guys. Because, sure, there's going to be some weeks where it's Zay Flowers, and there might be a week where he has two catches and Odell's going off. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out when Munkin really hits his stride as a play caller. Let's hear uh, from our Darius Washington, someone I thought had a a nice game last night, had to come back into the game last night. he was asked how he feels his camp and preseason has gone so far. I mean, the main thing is just staying consistent, doing the right things and stuff like that, being in the right situation, right places and everything like that. But really just staying consistent for me, understanding the call and everything and what we're doing around, and that's the main thing for me. At the time, he ended up making what was a nice play on a deep ball. Saved, They still ended up losing, but he saved the game in the moment uh, on the, the deep ball down the middle. Guy couldn't uh, take – get the ball in was it Tinsley I think who tried to catch that ball I thought that was closer to a catch than it never he, when you saw the other angle it didn't look like he ever had well because Washington ended up poking it back yeah, out yeah. I mean he was very close to completing that catch he had brought it back in and was going to tuck it into his head yeah. and then Washington somehow extended his arm and poked it through but I mean the receiver got his hands all over yes. that ball when it was high when it was medium and when it was hip level 
I've always been interested in our Darius Washington, and it's kind of crazy. This is his third year here, undrafted guy, but he flashes some, but injuries have really plagued him. And he got an interception in last week's game, I believe during the two-point conversion. He might be a factor in all of this when the regular season begins, considering the lack of depth there. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> they they need bodies. And granted, they'll get Ronald Darby in here and he'll maybe he plays next week. He'll definitely play week one. And they should have Yasin back. At least that's what we're hearing for week one. But yeah, they they are uh, struggling for bodies. Well, in and segment. some of the snap counts were interesting. Like a guy like Worley who never left the field, one guy who never left the field in the first game, his snap, snap counts were cut over in half. Now, is that because something really changed with him? Or is that because... He's suddenly a little more value or potentially yeah. valuable because he can play corner and safety. Yeah. And so let's look at these dudes we just picked up off the street. And he's going to sit because we kind of know a little bit more of what we have there. Now, they did get Geno played his 20 snaps. Um, but I found it interesting. Some guys whose numbers went down, I don't necessarily think that's a bad sign. Yeah. I think it's probably they value bodes them. fairly well for them. Uh, let's hear one more stone. Let's go to cut 31. And Melissa Kim uh, had a chance to catch up with Malik Cam, local boy, obviously went to City College, then Lafayette. Uh, and, and he had the big force fumble in the game last night. And she, she asked him what he's trying to accomplish the rest of this camp and preseason. Uh, man, I feel like I, I put together some some good games, but I just want to, you know, dominate one game. So hopefully uh, that comes against Tampa Bay this week. So I'm just trying to go out there and dominate. I would think he's going to get a lot of snaps on Saturday. Yeah, I I mean, you're, I think all, you're, all these guys uh, yeah. up front, you know, Moon, Nichols, like, yeah, I think it's going to be the same group. Yeah. The and, guys that couldn't get home. Yeah, absolutely. And and with Ham, you're hoping for him because you're pulling for him because he's a Baltimore yeah. guy. But ultimately, he's with the addition of Jadavion Clowney. The deck is stacked against him. He's trying to audition for the other 31 teams and possibly a practice squad spot here. Coming up next, Orioles start a huge series against the Toronto Blue Jays tonight at Camden Yards. Baltimore Baseball Night, that's Bob Haney and uh, is that Ryan? I think it's Ryan Ripken. Ryan Ripken at uh, 6 o'clock live from Pickles. We preview this division matchup next here on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on The Fan. Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh, that's a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better. Yes. To be honest with you. Yes. Lock and Fora, Weinman, and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan. Well, a six and three, you know, I'm just going on the whole road trip. Six and three road trip's really impressive, and it shows the grit and the grind of our guys and, and how much they fought. It's not easy to come out on the West Coast. Everybody's tired today. Everybody's tired the last couple of days. It's, this is the travel gets to you. You know, it's just you're in a different time zone, the whole thing, and, and I've seen it go work the other way. Really proud of how our guys fought all the way, all nine of these games, and, and to go six and three on a West Coast trip is, uh, is excellent. Brandon Hyde, after the sweep in Oakland, uh, looking back at the entire road trip, they go 6-3 and three on the road trip, get a much-needed day off yesterday, and they start a three-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays tonight. Friend of the show, John Morosi, just tweeted this out in the last half hour. The Blue Jays have given up the fewest runs in all of baseball since the All-Star break, 122 in 34 games. That's an average of 3.6 a game. Can't wait for this three-game series at Camden Yards. 
Have they have they done it against real teams? They've done it over. Have they done, done it, it against it, the division. Yeah, I, I well, they did it against. Uh, they they did against somebody against the division. They played somebody well recently. Was it the Yankees? Swept the Red Sox. Yeah, swept the yeah, Red Sox. The yeah, the Red Sox are playing good ball. They got the Red Sox. Uh they they certainly haven't pitched all that well against the Orioles, and they made some acquisitions at the deadline. Tried to beef up their bullpen. Um, I don't know. I remember the Orioles lighting some of those guys up. Um, it was the kid they got from St. Louis. Was it Hicks? Yeah, for the bullpen. Lit him up. Um, Manoa's back down in the minors. Kevin Gossman does not fare well against this outfit. Um, Barrios has pitched really well against them this year. Kikuchi's pitched well against them this year, although... They beat the hell out of him last year, and and some of these guys have really good career numbers against him, and he'll be on the mound tonight. But the Orioles, in general, much better against left-handed pitching this year than last year. But, like, I'm where I am with the Blue Jays for the last two years. You want to annoy them? You want to put them on pedestal? You want to tell me how great they are? You want to tell me what a threat they are? That's fine. I'll I'll believe it when they play upper echelon teams and beat them with consistency because I haven't seen it from this outfit in a couple of years through two different managers. I bet they're on a different one come next year because I don't think they're going to be ultimately who they thought they were going to be. I don't buy that collection of individuals. I think something is off. They've got a little bit of what the Padres have and the White Sox have. They don't have as much of it. Those teams are infected by it. This team's got like just a small dose of it, but I think it's enough and it manifests itself in enough critical moments to where they'll be good, not great, to me. It's gotten to the point with them where it's, I'll believe it when I see it, where we're kind of Groundhog Day talking about them past couple of years, and it just hasn't happened. And now they've fallen out of a wild card spot. They're a game behind Seattle, and we know Seattle's been red hot since July 1st. For whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked for them, and their record against the AL East is is baffling it's a joke. to me. Like it's it's actually eleven and twenty three. It's baffling, and that's with the sweep against the Red Sox. Yeah, three zero. I I don't know. I, and if they are on the outside looking in, come October, I'm with you, Jason. They're going to have another new manager. If they don't win a round or two, they're going to have another manager. That, this the, wasn't like let's try to get where hey. we got last year, where they blew that game to the Mariners, right? Like I don't think this is about getting. This is not a team that was supposed to eat. No, in. I picked them yeah. to win the it's division. A team that people thought could win, which considered and still is considered the best division yeah. in baseball. They can't win a game in that division. No, well, eleven. But one of every four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They. They. Uh, right now, as as we sit here down the stretch, they're a game out of the third wild card behind Seattle. Uh, so they're on the outside looking in. Uh, what do you think's more likely? They go on their first real, sustained, meaningful hot streak of the year, or or, or they collapse? Collapse. I, I would agree. I, I would agree. I mean. I, their longest win streak all season is six. That was in April. They haven't put together a sustained 10 games of baseball where you're like, okay, over that period of time, they caught the ball, they hit the ball, and they pitched. That hasn't happened. Like that, that stretch doesn't ha- that stretch does not exist for them yet. Now, again, if you want to tell me it's going to happen, we don't know. 
It might. It hasn't to this point. And I'm with the bone. I think it's more likely they hit some adversity, they have another injury, and they go in the tank. Then they go on some sort of run to do what Seattle is in the midst of doing right now. Seattle's big. I don't think they have that in them, what Seattle's doing. Well, other than losing two or three of the Orioles in three games that felt like playoff games, the Mariners are playing their rear ends off. They, they're they're ridiculous. Yeah, I, I am a little uh, I'm a lot confused by Toronto because I think they're talented. They did get Bo Bichette back, who is probably the heart and soul of that team. So that that's a help. And the Orioles will face really good pitching this week. It's Kikuchi tonight, Galsman tomorrow, and Barrios on, on Thursday. But, yeah, if I had to lean, I lean collapse I mean, over. They're 19 and 15 in the second half. Okay. Like, it's good. They're good. I, I'm not, they're not bad. They're good. Are they great? Can they be great? Will they be great? That that's where my questions arise. If that happens, Vlad Guerrero's going to become a much better baseball player than he's been really the last calendar year. Yeah, he is not he was an MVP candidate. He ain't that guy right yeah, now. Yeah, it's been declining numbers each year since then. And just looking at their schedule down the stretch, guys, we talk about how terrible they are against the AL East. Their last one, two, three, four, five series are against AL East teams, Red Sox, Yankees, and the Rays. I'm I'm on their baseball reference pages I like to go to. And you yeah. go to the team page and they list the twelve team leaders in war. Guess who's not on it? Vlad. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Now, could he get super hot and we check this in two weeks and he's in the top six? Yeah. Yeah, he could, but he's not hitting the ball hard. He's not catching the ball. He's not fielding the ball. And he's not hitting for average. Like, it, would it surprise you if he got smoking hot down the stretch based on what I mean, it would a little bit now. Based on what we've seen in the past from him. Like, Julio Rodriguez was not having a great year, and now he's been scorching the last, what, week, two weeks? Whatever, like he had that four game stretch where he was on freaking fire. Well, Julio's been on fire since June, July the first, really. Now the crazy fire, seventeen hits in four games. Yes, but like Julio Rodriguez has looked like Julio Rodriguez since early July. This guy, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. And Whit Merrifield has cooled off. And I, I, when they made that trade for Dalton Varsho, I, I, I that I trade texted killed- Mike Elias yeah. and was like, "Wow, Goriel's out of this division." And they just traded Gab Moreno, who yeah. I think is going to be a stud catcher, for Dalton Varsho. They were talking about that MLB network. I'm like, what am I missing here? And he's like, well, you know, Varsho was, a, you know, had a really good run yeah. with the Diamondbacks. I'm like, yeah, well, he played like a pretty good 90 game run. But like, are, are we sure this guy is really a, an above average major league hitter? Let alone a, a, a four WAR player or a three and a half WAR player? Whatever he's going to have to beat to offset what they gave up for him. I, you know. Whatever. <laughs> Homeboy's got a 667 OPS. That's what I know. And those two guys have really helped the Diamondbacks this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do want to say, going back to Vlad, though, in 2021, where he was runner-up for MVP, the OPS of over 1,000, then it goes down to 818, and now it's 776. His home runs have gone down each year. RBIs... I, I don't know. I just think that that's a conversation to to be had there. Yeah, it's weird. I do want to point out one other thing. It's something that Jason and I talked about yesterday. It is, I'll say, impressive that the guy that was a Cy Young finalist a year ago has been garbage for them this year, and they haven't just 
Like that, that, that could have. If, if some other team, if their Cy Young candidate is a piece of garbage, like it, it might crater their season. Yeah. No, they've a, been able to recover from that. They have a lot of talent on that team. I mean, they do, but it's just they haven't been able to put it all together. Well, look, George Springer looks like a totally different player than he was. In yeah. Houston. You know, and he is 33 years old, and maybe it is diminishing returns with him. I mean, we're sitting here going, looking at September. He's got 15 home runs and just 50 driven in. Brandon Belt turned out to be a huge signing for them. He's saving their bacon. And Matt Chapman is still a good baseball player. He can still really feel this position. He's not going to be who he was the first couple months of the season. But, it's, you know, it's a legitimate middle-of-the-order bat. But, I, I, you know, Alejandro Kirk's hitting below 250. Like, I, I don't know, man. Danny Jansen's had as many big hits for them yes. as anybody not named Bo Bichette. That right there probably tells you as much as anything what's wrong with the Toronto Blue Jays. Orioles and the Blue Jays. Three-game set starts tonight. Baltimore Baseball Night live from Pickles. That's Bob Haney and Ryan Ripken at 6 o'clock. Coming up next, Bone, you missed this. We did a poll yesterday. The veteran pitchers that the Orioles have acquired either before the season or at the deadline, those four big ones. Who does the fan base trust the most? We'll give you the result and get uh, Bone in on the discussion next here on The Fan. Inside Access with Jason and Ken. Baltimore's only 24-hour sports station. 1057. The fan. You take the positives out of the last two appearances, even though he gave up, you know, a solo homer each time, was that he's in, he's in the strike zone. It's just maybe a bad split and a bad time. But I mean the guy's throwing 100 to 103. Uh, and if you can just bury that split or just stay with the heater in that spot, you know, there's a, there's um, because it's it's overpowering stuff. He's just kind of had a little bit of bad luck here the last couple of appearances. Somebody smart once said, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the facts, the facts of life. Of life. Well, yeah, but, but, well, you heard Brandon Hyde said, take out the two solo was homers. Was that Blair or Tootie? That, that was the, Mrs. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Mrs. Garrett probably said that. Uh, Bone has no yeah, idea. No, he's, yeah, he's not allowed to even talk about it. But you, he, you hear Hyder, and he's like, well, he gave up two solo homers, but he was in the strike zone, and he's well, got overpowering stuff. Well, and he throws 102, except he, he likes to throw meatball splitters, yeah. and that's what get hit into the stands. And it's happened three times already this season on top of the nine guys he's walked and the two he's hit and the two wild pitches, all in 14 innings. It's a lot, Bone. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask us owes consumers to stomach. Well, it's getting to a point where he has options and you think of all the guys that are in the next couple of weeks ready to come up, a D.L. Hall, a John Means, Austin Volth, a Danny Coulomb. I mean, they're going to need spots, and you're going to get an additional one come September 1st, but, I mean, is Fuji here in a couple weeks? Not if Jason I hope not. Yeah. D.L. Hall and Tyler Wells are coming up. And Means, I don't know. Wells, both. They have a lot of decisions. (laughs) But that, well, they're going to have to make a decision there, obviously. But you have three guys. You're going to get the additional one for September 1st. But (laughs) there's going to have to be a decision to be made there. So before we get to the poll, we we had three guys, four guys, Fuji, Flaherty, Gibson, and Irvin. Who would you have picked? That you have the most confidence in. <laughs> now, I, 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 I will tell you, it was it was tough for me. I, I threw Gibson and and, uh, and Fuji out. 
immediately. So it came down to Flaherty and Irvin, and I, I'm putting my trust in uh, Chris Holt, and I lean Flaherty. Yeah, Holt works with all of them. Uh, not just Flaherty. Last uh, I checked. I Bone, know. I don't want to tell you how to vote. But no, your last, vote is your vote. In his last four starts, Cole Irvin, 21 and a third innings pitch, three earned runs, just 15 hits and five walks, 14 strikeouts, just one home run allowed, 1.27 ERA, 939 whip. What, what scares me about Flaherty is we've seen it all year long with him where he's got a whip of over 1.5. 1.5. And yeah, you're hoping that Chris Hole can kind of unlock some things and fix some things there, but I can't say right now I have the most faith in him. Gibson's been getting shelled for yeah. a little bit now. He's yes. almost at five. F- now. Fuji's not even in this conversation. No. I lean Cole Irvin. I don't say that with a ton of conviction. Yeah. That's where my vote is going. But, I mean, if if he's pitching a game in October postseason, I'm nervous. I'm scared. He's been performing a lot better of late. I, you know, give him credit for that. But of that group, I give the lean to Irvin. But the people. Yeah, and, and this, this was surprising. And this poll is brought to you by QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, now offering this exciting treatment in Baltimore. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, get a free consultation by calling 410-989-PAIN. That's 410-989-PAIN. Orioles made four non-waiver moves to upgrade pitching, adding vet Kyle Gibson as a free agent, Cole Irvin, Shintaro Fujinami, and Jack Flaherty via trade. It's been a bumpy road for all, but with the final se- uh, final season of regular season yeah, approaching, uh, who do you trust most, Birdland? This poll is about to go final. IA1057, the fan, is how you find us on Twitter. About 650 votes in. Gibson, 46.8%. Flaherty, 24.3%. Irvin, 198 Fuji, 9%. They're just going with a the vet there, I feel like. But the vet is not pitch well. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I can't. Uh, uh, granted, I'm not feeling super confident if any of the starters in that list are getting the ball in a playoff game. But, man, what Gibson's done of late, I I can't throw him out You know there. what I can't wait for? I can't wait till they get a pitcher and the expectation isn't the bare minimum modicum of can he sop up five innings most of the time, right? The expectation is not to be present, available, and a major league arm who's willing to be knocked around enough to eat up outs. It's like, can he be good? Like, can, is he better than anything else we have right now? Right? And by by what margin is he better? Like, he's not just experienced. He hasn't just been around the block. He's not just a great guy who wants to help everybody out. He's a winning pitcher. He's a much Above replacement level starting pitcher. Like, when do we get there? How much longer do we have to wait for that? Why would, that's part of the reason that the deadline pissed me off so much. Well, I would hope that that happens this offseason. And that's why I think this offseason is going to be extremely telling. When we had Jim Bowden on a couple weeks ago, he brought up Aaron Nola. This free agent pitching class is loaded. And the Orioles need to partake in that. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to happen last offseason. There were guys, and you know, Chris Bassett is a guy, Nathan Avaldi's a guy. They could have given multi-year deal, deals to who are much better than what they they have. And then at the deadline, there were guys available, and obviously most of them were rentals. The guys that weren't rentals, 
Uh, the, the the didn't seem to be available, but man, if, they, if we had Alex Fast on a couple months ago, and he's like, "Look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt till this off season because of that reason." There's all this pitching available. If they don't bring in a, r- a real dude this off season, then then I'm going to be uh, really really upset with what's I'll going. Be on. ready for those prices to skyrocket. <laughs> yeah, Ken. come on, eighty dollars. Yeah. Be beers. ready for that. Yeah. I don't know where the war chest went. You didn't spend for four years, but now you got to raise pr- prices to sign somebody. Ah, you, you. But, but like, honestly, if they got Verlander, if they got Scherzer, even if they were struggling, they wouldn't be in a poll like that. No. We'd all be like, what the hell happened to these guys? Yeah. Why aren't they good as good for us as they were somewhere else? Right? Like, I just feel like they keep setting such a low bar. Like, even for Flaherty. Like... I'd have rather had Jordan Montgomery, who's pitching his rear end yeah. off for the Rangers. I just, like, why is a team that's on a 100-game pace not worthy of more than Flaherty at the deadline? That That's the part, Flaherty and Fuji. Like, I just keep coming back to it. That was your last chance to put this thing over the top. Now, there is a, and I don't agree with this, but the there is an argument that says, well, they're on a hundred game pace. Why do they need the, you know? Why? Because we're sitting here saying they don't have a they don't have three starters that you'd want in the playoffs. I agree. That's exactly why. I'm just making and a we're saying advocate who argument. the hell else besides Fuji could pitch now from the fifth inning more because he's not even good in the sixth inning anymore. That's why. It was underwhelming, and it's always going to be talked about, especially if they do end up failing in the postseason because of that, starting pitching or relief pitching. You got this number one farm system, and the rankings are coming out again. I just saw MLB Pipeline put out number one farm system again. Comes a point, man, they're assets as well. Not all these guys are going to be superstars for you at the big league level. They're assets to provide you the ammunition to get a proven commodity. Well, that that's what the farm system's there for. Not only to to help you at the major league level, but to help you get guys to help you at the major league level. Not exactly. everybody can make it. It's 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 just not possible. Hey, coming up next, we continue to preview Orioles and Blue Jays. Caleb Joseph, former O's catcher, now with Sportsnet, part of the Blue Jays broadcast. We'll get his thoughts on this series next here on the Fan Inside Access with Jason Ken. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 